Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in from wherever you are this morning. Uh, I'm going to be finishing up, really, a two-week viral lessons series. Uh, we're talking through things that we've learned from um, this pandemic. And I got my good friend Phil back here. Been friends with Phil about as long as, as Polaris has existed. Right. And this morning, I want to talk a little bit about um, how we can learn financially from all of this. Uh, maybe you're at a place where you um, wish you had made some, some different decisions to set yourself up a little bit different for yourself. Maybe you're at a place where you um, wish you could be a little more helpful to those in need. Now I want to pause here and I just want to say thank you. Uh, very much has been very humbling. We're seven weeks now into this uh, Sunday morning virtual church thing and it's been humbling and amazing how generous you guys have been to us as a church. Uh, life has continued on financially for us from your support like nothing has ever happened. And I just so appreciate that. Having said that, I want you to know that while you've been very generous toward Polaris, many of you have also said, hey, let us know if there is someone in our Polaris family that has a need so we can help them. And what I want you to know is if you're at a place where you're watching this and you really maybe you don't know where your next rent's coming from or you need some food or something like that, don't hesitate to let us know there's a lot of people ready to help, and I mean that. Um, so the Contact Us button on the app uh, could get you uh, in touch with me or alex at polarischristian.com. You can email me directly, confidentially, and um, would love to figure out how we can help you out while you're rebuilding things. So on that note, all of all of my like big financial decisions, I think I think me and my wife have included Phil in most of them over our 20 years of marriage, mm -hmm. and um, he's just he's my go-to guy for that kind of wisdom and other kinds of wisdom as well. But I want to I want to listen to Phil a little bit this morning uh, as he sort of gets to see and interpret and and just has been a part of this like everyone else. So um, Phil, let me start off with asking you a little bit about your past, and obviously I know this, but uh, for the benefit of our viewers, mm -hmm. um, maybe some benchmarks or things as, as you have grown up um, and uh, things you've seen, things you experienced that, that formed in you a desire to be cautious and generous, um, to have your finances in order. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Alex. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so going all the way back, I can remember, like even going back into high school, um, one of my high school homeroom teachers um, asked me if I knew how to read a stock page in the business section, and I said no, and he actually taught me and kind of gave me that first kind of spark towards you know, looking at investment and money stuff and being concerned with that, being a senior, getting ready to graduate, going out and getting the, the big boy job and having to figure it out. Um, Grew up in the city of Cleveland, graduated from Cleveland Public Schools. Um, definitely not poor, but definitely not the most of means growing up. Didn't feel like I ever really lacked anything, but I knew um, I had to take it on myself to make sure that my financial health was going to be good growing up. And so I just always kind of had a, just kind of an interest in, in, in things like that. So that's kind of what, kind of what got me started down that whole path. <clears throat> well, we were talking the other day, you had mentioned too, just like some stress. Yeah. Like you just observed some stress and that was something that yeah, you like so, you Right. Um, so yeah, growing up, we didn't, we didn't have a lot. My, both my parents worked. My dad had his own garage. My mom was uh, a med tech at Deaconess Hospital and 
We just didn't have a lot. We lived on the west side, west side of Cleveland. Um, same thing along with my wife, Leanne. You guys know my wife, Leanne, grew up not too far from me. Uh, she lost her dad when, when, he when she was 12. So, you know, things weren't always, um, you know, financially, things were always just a little bit stressful. At least I can speak for that from my own life. They were always kind of a little bit stressful. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that, that I made a decision like that was going to be different for me, you know, going out from, like, from high school on. Yeah. So share with us, with, with our viewers and myself, um, I know I remember to this day when you sat down, Kelly and I, uh, my wife Kelly, about 20 years ago, right after we got married, uh, right after you started going to Polaris. Incidentally, your first Sunday at Polaris was the lowest attendance in the history of Polaris. It was a January uh, day. We were actually uh, meeting in the high school at the time for that particular Sunday. Um, I remember we, um, in a separate time after we got to know you, my wife and I brought our our stuff to you, and you helped us with just some early budgeting stuff, and I know you've done that with a lot of people, yes. and, um, and you also have helped not only like newlyweds starting out, but people, you've helped people dig themselves out yes. of some ditches. Yep. So talk with me about like what you get out of that and, and just your vision for that. Yeah, I, uh, I really do like working with, with families, um, work with families, work with people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and for me, it's, it's kind of just been about uh, getting the person to the next step. So if somebody comes to me in crisis, let's just say, like, they don't know where, you know, they, they've got an eviction notice or something like that, then we try and get them to the next step, which is w with somewhat some normalcy to it, right? And then if, if maybe your things aren't that bad, you're just trying to tweak some things, you know, you got to do something better, then we can take you from there and, you know, kind of move you up to the next step where you can consider about more, you know, doing more generosity kind of things, having some what we call margin in our budget, some room to be able to move, to be able to think beyond kind of your own needs and to maybe to look and to see how you can help other people. So that's kind of been a, a driver for me the whole time. Okay. Incidentally, that margin uh, concept, and maybe you'll get back to that in a little bit, um, Leviticus 19, if you're ever interested in margin, uh, one of God's first rules for his people uh, was that they would not plow the margins of their field. And that Leviticus 19 has always been fascinating to kind of see that unfold. God says, don't, don't work the edges of your fields and don't go through a second time. Just take your enough. And I know that finding your enough has been mm -hmm. uh, big for you. So, so talk about um, some things that you have seen as these seven weeks have unfolded or two months have unfolded um, maybe some guiding principles that were always important to you or, or some just big rock stuff that, you've, that these past couple of months have, have stood out for you in terms of just getting finances right. Yeah. So yeah, even in the midst of what's been a pretty good economic upheaval for most people, <clears throat> what we're seeing emerge here, I think, is like the people who, who have been able to stay at home and not miss a paycheck and still do their job and still be able to provide for their families. And there seems to be this divergence, there's this emerging thing where, okay, I may be inconvenienced, but my income hasn't really been interrupted. And then there's people out there who you know, lost their job, who maybe were working in the restaurant business, or maybe you worked in you know, just whatever it was that got shut down. And then there's, there's, that, there's, that, you know, there's that group of people there too. And what I've always tried to say is just, it's always good to have a budget, like it's always good to have a financial plan in good times and even more so in bad, right? So when, you don't, when you're not sure about things, if you can put the stuff down on paper and make up a budget, 
that can kind of alleviate some of the stress where you can actually look at it and say, okay, this is what I have to do every month. And, and that helps you alleviate some of the stress. It, it shows you where you might be coming up short and you can proactively go about changing those things that, that, aren't, that, uh, that, that you don't like or that you, that you can't see your way through. I, just, I read a report um, the other day, it was like 2018, that 58% of Americans can't have a $1,000 emergency. And if anybody's ever paid to have a hot water tank replaced or your furnace go out or something like that, your transmission go on your car, um, you can get to $1,000 really, really quick. And so I think it's just really, really important to have that whole emergency fund thing um, set aside and just be able to do that as quickly as you can. So budget number one, and a part of that budget is emergency plan. I want to talk a little bit more about that. We're going to actually take a little bit of a break and let Marcus, uh, let Marcus do his thing and bring us some, um, some music, some kid stuff, whatever, whatever Marcus is in the mood for. Um, and in the meantime, just be thinking about, um, we'll give some, some um, um, we'll tell you how to get in touch with Phil if it's time for you or you and your family to reach out and, and get this budget thing started because uh, like, like you've said, you have, you have actually helped real people in crisis come up with a budget, probably people who would have said, there's nothing to budget, I just right. ain't got enough. That's right. yes. And you've, helped, you've seen them mm -hmm. work their way out of, of some pretty rough stuff. Yes. And so if that's something that, that you know it's time for, we'll be back in a little bit to uh, talk a little more about this stuff and to get you some ways to get in touch with Phil.
Everybody, David Ivy, the student pastor at Polaris Christian Church. We hope you're doing very well as we go into our time of communion. Now, you may know this as the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper from your church background, uh, but it is a time that we pause the service uh, to remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, and, and we do so by taking uh, bread and juice and, and, and letting us pause our hearts to remember that sacrifice. And so um, maybe you don't have bread or grape juice at home, uh, you can always use, we use Gatorade and we also use uh, animal crackers and uh, white bread if we have it. Uh, so use what you think you can, uh, be creative um, and take this time to remember Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. Uh, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your son. We ask you to be with us as we uh, remember you and we celebrate the fact that you came to this earth to die for our sins. Uh, thank you so much that we can remember this time together. We pray this in your name. Amen.
Hi Claris kids. I hope you are doing well. Your teachers at church miss you. We are thinking about you and praying for you. We hope you are finding comfort in God's love. During this time when so much is different, this never changes. God loves you. We want you to know that you don't have to pray fancy words to talk to God or even go somewhere special to talk to Him. God is listening for your prayers because you are so very important to Him. God loves you so much and He hears your prayers, the big ones and the little ones, prayers of thanks and prayers asking for help. God hears them all. We are praying for you and your family and the time that we will be together again. Until then, let's pray for each other. Here's a video that we thought you might like. Remember, God loves to hear from you. Praying is just talking to God. So praying is easy. Anyone can do it. Yeah, anyone. Here are some ways to pray. You could fold your hands or don't fold your hands. You could keep your eyes closed or don't close your eyes. You could pray with another person or just by yourself. You could pray out loud or not. There's no wrong way to talk to God. He can even hear your thoughts, so you actually don't need to say words. You can think the things you want to say to God and He'll listen. You can sing the things you want to say to God and He'll listen. You can write the things you want to say to God and He'll listen. God doesn't care how you talk to Him. God cares that you talk to Him at all. So, talk to God. That's how you pray.
would like to invite your teenager to be part of our student ministry Colossum team. Join us for our live stream this afternoon and every Sunday at 12 p.m. As well as every Wednesday at 6.25 p.m. on both Facebook and YouTube. Just search for SMT Polaris Christian Church on either platform. We hope to see you there. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Phil Beck talking finances and, uh, again, viral lessons, things we've learned from this pandemic, uh, things that we can maybe think to do differently. And in the first part, you talked a little bit about the importance of a budget, but then also um, specifically um, the importance of an emergency reserve. Now, before we go into some of the nuts and bolts, just wanted to talk uh, Bible, ancient wisdom from the Bible. Are there, and I know there are, give us uh, some, of the, some of those passages in Scripture that have been most helpful for you uh, to bring you around to the life that you're living. So the one that I, the one that I like, and there's a lot of them in Proverbs, and, and Proverbs is just a great place to go um, when you read through it, just so much wisdom in there. But the one that I picked out was Proverbs 21.5. And the new, the new Living Translation says, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. So it's just all about, to me, that's about having a plan. It's just about having a budget, you know. And then part of that budget is, is having an emergency fund. And what we try and tell people is if, if you're going to sit down with us and, 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 and talk through the financial stuff, is if you don't have any emergency fund at all, and you have an emergency, the first thing you probably want to do is pull out your credit card, right? So we don't want to do that. We try and tell people is to try and come up with $500 as fast as they can and come up with $500 as fast as you can and then do it again. So try and get to a thousand bucks, you know, in two, in two small bites, try and get a thousand dollars saved and have that be your emergency fund so that you, if something comes up that is truly an emergency that you did not see coming, this is not a stressor for you anymore. This is just what we go and you use the emergency fund for. Um, now, let me speak for some of our, like, $500. There's no way that I could come up with $500. But you really have worked with people and... Yeah, so I look at an emergency <laughs> fund just kind of like anything else, like, um, like you work another bill. So if you pay a light bill and a phone bill and your gas bill, you know that bill's due every month. Set something aside. The old adage is, how do you eat an elephant and eat it one bite at a time? Now, they're talking about, uh, you know, a fully funded emergency fund can be pretty scary. You talk about three to six months worth of expenses. And that, for most people, the average is about $5,000 a month. I think in Ohio, it's like $4,700, a little bit cheaper in Ohio. But that's a lot of money. Um, but these things don't happen overnight. So what I tell people is you just have to take that one step at a time. It's going to take years to get probably where you want to be. But it's worth it in the end. And if you just take it at small bites at a time, year by year by year, if you get an income tax refund check, you can kind of take some of that rather than maybe going on the big Disney vacation, maybe take half of it, start putting that money aside for times like this. Just because, you know, we didn't, we didn't see this coming. Nobody saw this coming. And we're not going to see the next one coming either. So we don't know when that's going to be. So that's, that's, that's what I try and tell them. So you're saying like beans and rice, pancakes, mac and cheese until you get that $500. You're like, you're, right. you're living on. Right, that's right. You know, one of the quick things that you could, you know, talk about just, uh, 
being able to fund an emergency fund. It just depends on your situation. So with some people, you know, for me, cable is not a, cable is not a necessity. So for most people, the cable bill could be a hundred bucks. So right there, you start your emergency fund with that. And, and um, just other things that you could do, or, you know, maybe you might need to get a part-time job. You know, maybe you might need to sell the bass boat or whatever it is that it is to help to try and alleviate some month-to-month -month cash to help be able to fund the emergency fund. <laughs> Speaking of scripture, I'm, I'm, there, there's a, this is in my head now, and I'm starting, starting to say this, and now I'm second-guessing myself. I'm 90% sure that there's a proverb that talks about considering the ant. Yes. Uh, no supervisor, yet he just knows stock up in summer because winter's coming. If not, that's Poindexter 316. Yeah, there's a couple um, of Proverbs where it talks about the oil, you know, fool devours all his oil, you know, the wise man saves. Yeah. So there, there's all kinds of those references are in there. Just have for, something for stored. reason to have to do it, um, it's all there. It's all there. So um, talk, um, if, you're, if we're done, ready to move on from that, um, stimulus check. A lot of people are going to get a, a, a significant right. uh, stimulus check. Any advice on what to do, what not to do with the stimulus check? <clears throat> so the stimulus checks have, have started to go out. I think you know, some people have gotten them already. Um, so if you're, one of those, if you're one of those families that is fortunate enough to maybe where you're not income interrupted, um, and I get that the stimulus check is supposed to be to help stimulate the economy, but you know, I, I think I could think of nothing wiser to do with that stimulus check than to just stick it in. in and there's there's your thousand dollar emergency <clears throat> fund right there. Your one time twelve hundred dollar payment. There's your emergency fund. If the if you're married and you have two of them, there's twenty four hundred dollars. Okay, and I get it that some people need that stimulus check to get through this time. If you're one of those people that have you know lost a job and you're not you don't know where your next check is, you don't know where your next rent payment's coming from. That's different. But I'm sure that there's probably some people out there. Who do who are who aren't missing a paycheck right now and are going to get that check and it now is a very good time to be able to think about um, funding your emergency fund. Okay, so I want to talk about one more thing and we'll just we'll, we'll bring up on the screen a couple different ways that that you could connect with Phil. But what would what would it look like if somebody said? Let's say somebody used our app, said contact us, it went to my inbox, um, and I confidentially told you such and such uh, is really hoping to sit down and spend some time with you to work through a mess. Yep. What, what, what happens? So uh, what would happen is I get the information from you, and we just come up with a time and a place to meet. Um, usually takes about an hour and a half for the first time to go through. I just ask you to bring all stuff financially related all your stuff with you we'll sit down we'll write it all down we'll take a look at it see where there's areas where there can be some improvement usually it takes two three or four times before we can actually kind of come up with a workable plan because sometimes it just takes a little bit of time for those things you know for those things to happen so um, <coughs> that's it if you if you want to try and do this on your own there is a very good app out there called every dollar and it's a free app it's by dave ramsey i think dave ramsey's the one who created it um it's a every dollar app it's free there's portions of it you have to pay for if you want to tie your bank account to your budget but there's a very good app to be able to go and plug in your numbers and have it on your phone right there with you or on your computer and that's a very good way to get a good, to get a start if you if you kind of know what you're doing you might want to get on your own that's a very good place to start right there okay um, so last thing to talk through, 
um, there's this there's this battle. You know, my wife and I are very committed to being good stewards, uh, and at the same time, like I like just just you and so many like you that are good stewards and and build around a budget, also are some of the most generous people uh, that I know as well. So there's this tension between Jesus talks about it because <clears throat> there are times where Jesus tells his disciples, "I want you to go do that," and oh. Don't take an emergency reserve with you. Um, so how do you find the balance? Because the more extreme would be like the hoarding, and you're certainly not a hoarder. Like you're not a, you know, build up. Jesus talks about building bigger barns, and I got it made, and I'm going to build bigger barns, so I have even more. What's your, just some mantras or things that, that help you stay focused on appropriate levels of savings versus generosity? Yeah. Uh, so... so you know, the guiding principles that I like to put down there is to have, you know, have written down very specific goals. So I know I want to save this much for my emergency fund or save in whatever category you're doing long-term savings for or short-term savings or for whatever. But it, it's important to have a reason of why you're doing it. So um, it's not just saving for the fact of saving and piling up huge piles of cash. It is, this is for this, you know, this, this amount of money is for this. I have this set aside for that. Once I reach that goal, now I can start thinking about maybe turning you know, some, of that, some of that extra cash outward towards generosity towards other people. So um, <clears throat> that's kind of you know, an underlying principle um, that I like to use there. So, so it's just as, as you develop the plan, uh, make sure that it's purposeful, you have your goals written down, that they're achievable. And, and you can move, uh, you know, move forward. I, you know, I, I go back to, you, you talked about, um, before about, uh, <clears throat> you know, what does what the plan look like or what does it look like you know, when you first make contact and everything. And I can tell you, I've been doing this, I've been doing budget counseling with families for the better part of 30 years. It pains me to say that, that I've done it for 30 years, but yes, I'm getting That it. white hair came from somewhere. Came from somewhere. So uh, I remember I sat down with one person who had credit cards basically one whole sheet of paper down one side and halfway down the other. And, and they could not figure out how they were going to make their next payment. They were, they were just, it was, it was all getting ready to blow up. Sat down with them, worked through it. They ended up buying a house, they ended up turning it back around. And, and I just share that story as a story of hope that no matter how bad your situation may seem, you know, it's good to get an extra set of eyes on it, a fresh set of eyes on it. And um, if you put some effort in it, the rewards are huge on the other side. And that's what another part of the thing, Alex, you asked me, you know, what drives you to do this? What drives me to do this is being able to see those kinds of situations where this was a really, really stressful time. They didn't know what was going on, probably causing problems in the marriage. If you sit down, figure it out, get the, get the, get the money aspect of it. It, it tends, it tends to, look, to lower the stress level throughout the whole family. Well, and just the joy of generosity. Like you will get to watch somebody go from being in a place of need to being in a place where they can give, they can be generous. Because, yes. I mean, so real quick, and we can close with this. Uh, obviously, you have worked hard to save, to, to create a situation of, of financial peace for you and your family. But also, it enables you to be generous. So talk about... Um, if you don't mind, uh, sort of the, what's, what's, and I know your answer for this, what's more joyful for you, say, watching the bank account get bigger 
or being able to take that and, and give and just anything you got right, to say right, with yeah. that. And, and, and it is, and that's, and that's some of the most fun that, that you'll ever have is giving, it all, is giving, it all, giving some of it away. Um, to be able to have you know, somebody come to you and say, hey, I've got this problem, or I know of this family that has this thing going on. He lost his job, or he's got a medical thing. He's only going to be out a couple months. We need to figure out a way to see them through. That is one of the most rewarding things that you can do. But in order to be able to do that, you've got to have margin. You've got to make, your, make sure that your stuff is tight, right? So you've got to make sure that you've got the room and the margin in your, in your financial situation to be able to go help people to do that. One of, the, one of the cool things that I saw throughout this whole thing, I'm going to call out some, some friend of mine, uh, Rick Santana, um, fellow Polarisite here. Uh, when this whole thing started, saw his Facebook post and basically said, if, if you need something, uh, give me a call. If you need food, IM me, call me on my phone. Uh, there's no reason for anybody to be going hungry through this whole thing. And that's the kind of place, that's where we really want to be. What a cool commercial that is for Jesus and for the church yep. when you start seeing that stuff, you know, prevalent out there and for people to see that. Agree. So thanks for joining us, for sharing some wisdom, for making yourself available. And I guess for you, uh, if, if you're not looking at your life right now financially and saying, I am where I want to be, remember the wisdom from Proverbs that you got it with yeah. you. The, what, what is it again? Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. So trace that all back. It goes to planning. Great. And if that's something that you need to, to get moving on, uh, reach out. We'll get you connected with Phil. And if you're at a place, please, where, where, you're, where you are in true crisis, like, like you need help, let us know there are people that, that would really love to help you. And um, I just that's important to me that, that you know that, um, that that avenue that, 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 that avenue is there. So um, we're going to close up with one last song, and we'll see you again next Sunday morning.
Cast my cares on you. 